Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. But I'm sure. No. I had the hiccups. Здравствуйте. <laughs> What is that? What is that? That's welcome in a formal way in Russian. Oh, that's lovely. That's really lovely. I'm very happy to see you today. Oh, do your accent again? I'm very happy to see you today. Is that Russian? Trying. Oh. Okay, I'm going to answer you back in an accent. Tell me which accent I'm doing. Okay. I like this game. Good to see you today, Kevin. Oh yeah, you're Moira Kelly from Schitt's Creek when she gives the quote for Irish. She's like, it's it's like the Irish say, and then she like does it in an Irish accent. It's so good. What accent? That was your, your Irish accent, right? I'm from Dublin. Oh, uh, your Dublin accent. You're a Dubliner. Yeah, where are you from? From the states? Yes. Good for you. <laughs> That's nice. I can't wait to see your. Uh, Thank you. Any your Martin McDonald play? Any any all of them? <laughs> you're so good. The Crippleman of Nishmar. It's so good. <laughs> it's. it's the Cripple of West Harlem. <laughs> That's really what it's going to be. <laughs> the Cripple of 135th Street. The cripple. Oops, so I just long, gave it away. <laughs> so long, 135th Street. No, I'm redecorating my apartment. I know, you repainted. I did. Congratulations. Did. Thank you. So I'm very excited. So you had to take down the cast album, uh, the wall of cast albums, didn't you? I did, so the guy could come in and paint. Right. And what color is that hallway going to be? Ooh, it's going to be called, it's actually the same color as your shirt. It's called Niagara Mist. Ooh. Uh, you know, who has that I job? Know. Like, that is just great. Oh, yeah. So, basically, my bedroom is gray, the living room is blue, and the bathroom is yellow. Aw. But technically, it's a silver bullet <laughs> in the bedroom. <laughs> Nia- of course Ni- it is. Niagara mist in the uh, living room. And uh, Fiesta yellow oh, in my kitchen and bathroom. Really nice. It makes it look everything bigger, the yellow. Gotcha. It really does. That's and nice. It's, it's nice and it's bright. And... I, I I had my I had my why am I why am I not making eye contact with you? you give me I, like baby voice right now too. Um, <laughs> when I painted my kitchen the last time, I uh, had a brownie, a special brownie uh, by accident. I uh, so it's did a, you pick like really? Yeah, it's a it was an ugly color. Yeah, I know it's a little it's it's it could be. It was it, it was it was seafoam green. Yes, that's right. And and there was an accent wall of dark forest green, and um, 
I, I had so much of the you had accent wall for the accent wall. Yeah, I, I and there's paint all over the ceiling, and I'm the only person I know who has a dimmer in their kitchen because I don't want people to see <laughs> in full light <laughs> what it looks like. Oh, that's funny. My neighbors across the street who sell crack even look in the window and shake their head oh about my, God, my life choices. <laughs> So. Well, now it's not. Now it's going to be a nice Fiesta well, Yellow. Well, now it's Fiesta Yellow, and everyone can come over. We can have a nice big... <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. And now we can have a nice big block party in my apartment. Can't wait. You're not invited. Can't you wait don't to live... watch the Tony Awards and not turn on the air conditioning. <laughs> oh, did you tell everyone that story? Did you tell remember. them? No, I last year, I don't know if we talked about it on air, but we I had a great time at Rob's. Rob invited a couple people over, and we were like, oh, it's really, it's a hot June night. And then he's like, yeah, the air just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't blast, it doesn't work that well. And it was on, but it was on fan, and we realized at the end. But it was okay. We still had a great time. Well, everyone lost five pounds, so I don't, I don't <laughs> so know why. felt great. So everyone felt really great. We had, you had a nice schwitz. <laughs> you got to see uh, Dear Evan Hansen and have a nice schwitz. That's right. Still, yeah, it was fun. But we can't do that again this year because I'm going to be out of town. I know, I'm sad. Remind us all where you're going and what you're doing. Oh, I'm very lucky. So this summer, um, run down in my my order here, Mm -hmm. I am going to uh, uh, Boston and I'm directing The Drowsy Chaperone at Plymouth Beach Theater. Mm -hmm. And that is immediately followed by Wonderful Town at uh, College Light Opera Company in Cape Cod for Bernstein Centennial. Um, and John Lee Beatty worked to clock at one point. I love that that came up. Cool. Yeah, so that was fun. Good history. And then um, I'm doing I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change uh, at Millbrook Playhouse in Pennsylvania. So those, that's it's a, it's a busy summer, which is good. And then uh, 54 Below stuff. Oh, some really cool things happening um, for this summer. We're doing um, uh, Yubi. Exclamation mark. Uh, which is the music of U.B. Blake, yeah. which is going to be very exciting because that hasn't been done in New York. No. I think since it's, it's you know it's the 40th anniversary of this year. We're doing U.B. We're doing uh, working, uh, which you are music directing. Huzzah! Which I'm very excited, I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, and I will I'll break the news here first. Stephen Schwartz is going to not only be at the concert, he's going to sing in the concert, so you get to see some Stephen Schwartz goodness. Fantastic. Um, and then in September, I'm really excited. We're doing a ballroom. Because it's the 40th anniversary well, of Ballroom. Well, well, um, We have an offer out to someone to play the Dorothy Loudon role, and I hope she says yes. I'm very excited. I, I hope she does. I won't say who it is, but I'm very excited. 50% is like one of my favorite songs. I don't iron his shirts. Oh, I, have stri- I have a bootleg of Stritch singing it from a concert. I'm so it, on his buttons. No, it is so... Because Stritch could... Sh- vulnerability was oh, yes. in her wheelhouse. Yes. And it is... It's heartbreaking. It is so good. It's a, it's a brilliant song. I love this one. Love it. Um, so that's great. Ballroom. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. And then uh, 50th anniversary of Golden Rainbow. <laughs> Golden Steve. Rainbow. Yeah. The Stephen Eady yeah. extravaganza. And I can tell you who the cast is because we just announced it. Oh. ready for this? Uh, Debbie Gravett will be playing the Edie Gourmet role. She also played Edie Gourmet in the Bette Midler film, Isn't She Great? Where Bette Midler was Jacqueline Suzanne. I don't know. So Debbie Gravett's going to be Edie Lawrence for us. And... Um, Oh, Edie Gourmet for us. And Steve Lawrence's son, David, is going to take on his father's role. Wow. That's really cool. So I'm excited. So that's, and also, okay, Golden Rainbow, very quickly. It's not my favorite thing. I don't even remember if it has ever been a favorite thing for us. Uh, no, it's come up because we've talked about the Tony Awards performance, I believe, yes. that it was performed on, because I remember watching this. Yes, Tony and Larry Awards. Merritt was was uh, in Golden Rainbow. Yes, that's right. Who we interviewed. Yes. Um, Golden Rainbow does not have a good book. It didn't run very long. It's like a Las Vegas spectacular. Yeah, I mean, a, let's be real. Steve Lawrence was this swing single bachelor with a kid. Yeah. Um, and his wife's sister comes 
played by Edie Gourmet, to like put some order in the life. And of course, what happens? Boom, but boom, it's boom. literally their like Vegas show. It's right. a Vegas show. No, the opening is like crazy. And but everyone who saw it was like a lot of people we speak in, spoken to have been like, oh my god, it was terrible. But it's so good. Like Lonnie Price, I think was like, oh my god, we used to go. He goes, my favorite theater memory was like going to see Golden Rainbow. <laughs> and somebody, I feel like Kathleen Marshall or somebody was like, oh yeah. my god, yeah, Golden Rainbow was one of my first. Because it was like they grew up with it, and it was that it was that we've all had those. It's not the greatest musical, but it's entertaining. And it was a part of your childhood, so you you love it anyway. And I, when you listen to Golden Rainbow, it's so Vegasy, but it's I've so listened good. to it, and it's so schmaltzy. Twenty four hours a day, dun dun. And then Larry Merritt no, would dance it, on a slot yeah, machine. Yeah, straight up, like it's like we're in the we're in the Catskills, and you we're like it, we're it's like the entertainment of the Catskills of the 1960s. You, you are loving the Catskills I am on a Catskill kick. I'm obsessed with it. What, what is it about the Catskills you it's like so much? It's because I did that reading of that musical of, of uh, that they're doing at ACT right now. Do you uh, want it? What's it called again? Walking on the Moon. Do, I'm not part of it. I'm, there's, uh, there's no chance that I'm going to be in it. I mean, there's not even a close. Um, but it's about the Catskills, the, the Jewish families that went up there in the 60s. Um, it's based on the movie Walk, Walking on the Moon. Um, um, and... I watched this documentary that I highly recommend called Kutcher's. It happened in Kutcher's. Kutcher's, yeah. yeah. And it's because that was one of the last of these resorts. It was a very middle class resort. It's a very middle class thing to do in the 60s. You leave the city, go up there for the week. The f- husbands would come up on the weekends, and then the wives and children would stay there f- during the week and have time alone. And, oh, good. And so, no, it was just, and so that, but the, the Stephen Eadie would play the circuit of the Catskills. It was like Sheldon Harnick. They all, everyone got started in the Catskills because it was a place you went. Moss Hart ri- writes about yeah. it. In his book, you know, he you were you did camps and you would put on shows and include you know it was adult camp that we don't have anymore, but they used to do it all the time. I'm obsessed. What killed the Catskills? Cars, driving and flying, traveling, and something else. What? Air conditioning. Oh, most uh, families would go to the Catskills in the summer because it was cooler right. there because there was no air conditioning. Of course, get out of the city. But once people were able to buy individual air conditioning units, there was no need for them to right. leave the city anymore. Interesting. So air conditioning. And if you wanted to travel, you could get on the plane and yes. actually fly in two hours and go down to you know Florida or something. Oh, like absolutely. That, you know? Yeah, you could go so down it, to it, Miami it, Beach. It became, yeah. In middle class, people could afford to do that as opposed to just hopping in the car and driving up. My you know? my dad went to the uh, the Catskills a lot. Really? Yeah, that that was like the big thing for the family, and he said his favorite thing to do it. There were two things. He 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 said they were funny about the Catskills. Uh, one was that uh, they would usually bring on like hack comedians. Yes, and yes. Be like, you might have seen him. He was just on Johnny Carson, and my dad was like, he was never on Johnny Carson. But like they would just like lie about. There was no that. DVD. There was you no DVD. Never, you can no, never not prove there's it. There's no YouTube. Yeah, you just um, say it. <laughs> and they would, they and they would tour the. You know, and if you watch this Kutcher's documentary, it is is very raw because the the. It, the documentary was made when it was going way down and they eventually closed a couple years later in the 90s. Um, and it was the last of the great, quote unquote, great resorts. But uh, I don't know. I, so, yes, I'm on a, I'm on a Casco kick lately. And I want to talk to people who are part of it. Kevin David Thomas was just on the Mike Douglas show. <laughs> Let's give him a big round of applause. Let's give him a big Kutcher's welcome. He'll be in the red room at four o'clock. Right after the bingo. <laughs> Pinochle's at six. Don't forget Kevin's show is sponsored by Aqua Velva. <laughs> and the other thing the other thing he said that they did, which is a little tacky, but you know. Uh, hello, it's the Catskills. Now you know it where all I get was. It from. Well, this is this is real tacky. What? They would dress up in suits mm-hmm. and just walk into weddings and bar mitzvahs and bring like an empty box that was wrapped and place it on the gift table and then eat all the free food. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yep. I believe that. Yep. 
there's a joke in the reading of the musical I did where they're like, you know, they do these little like radio things like, there's going to, uh, we'll be looking at fil- uh, pictures from the Rabinowitz's bar mitzvah at four o'clock in the green room. Yeah. And they like, just shares like, Can I, I believe that, to that my it was calendar? very community. Like, I think that you went, you saw the same families, you did the same, it's Dirty Dancing, basically yeah. Dirty Dancing. So. That's anyway. a good movie. So yeah, so you're probably listeners, I apologize, but not really. I'm probably going to explore more of the Catskills in what the theater people who got started there because they're, it's there's a treasure trove there. I'm kind of fascinated. Kevin was just in the Broadway sensation, walking <laughs> happy. You kind of remind me of like the priest from <laughs> Princess Bride. Mawage. Mawage. <laughs> no, but thank you, Kevin. Don't forget, Kevin and his magic doves will be <laughs> in the blue room. Well, this documentary, this documentary is so sad because like they interview people that clearly have been with the resort for 20 years oh, yeah. and the resort's like clearly going down and they're still trying to, well, maybe we can bring them back. Then, you know, the yeah, comedian, yeah, quote unquote yeah, yeah. comedians. It's, it's, it's tragic, but fascinating. Anyway, and all we're those here. horrible oh. jokes, like the sexist, racist. So sexist. Jokes. So yes. Yes. Thing. Husband and wife jokes about yeah. never having sex and yeah. like, you know, all of that stuff and sleeping in separate beds and that whole era. My wife and I agreed we'll only smoke after sex. Problem is, I've had one cigarette in four months. She's up to three packs a day. But I'm. Maury, you're late on the drums. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My favorite thing. Sorry, I should ask you. What's your favorite thing? Um, mine's. Um, it's a documentary. Technically, it was first a television show for great performances, and then it, you can buy this on Amazon. However, clips of it are on YouTube. So I want. To, I'm going to honor the DVD and say you need to get buy the DVD on Amazon. But I'm going to say you can cheat and look at a couple clips. It's not the full documentary is on YouTube, but you can cheat and look at some of the clips. But I highly recommend getting the entire documentary. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. I think it is a an inside. Oh. So if we have the famous Penny Baker Company, uh, you know, documentary. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and then I'm trying to think of other like I talked about a, last week the Every Little Step. Yeah. You know, the 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 actual documentary of the yeah. making of a chorus line. This is another documentary about the making of a cast recording. Is this the Guys and Dolls this one? This is the Guys and Dolls Off the Record. Off the is Record. Is what it's called. And you can get it on Amazon for a steep $25. Uh, I know. Is that where Nathan Lane's wearing that horrible Hawaiian yes. shirt? Yes. Well, it's very 90s. Very early 90s. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say it's 80. 80s bled into like 92, 93, uh, if you look back. And yes, it is. This documentary, though, is really... I think it's really fascinating. Yeah. I think that it's... I, I, this time period of late 80s, early 90s through... I want to say mid-aughts, when the internet was there, but we, people, nowadays, if we take a selfie, if we take a video, we know that it's going to be there for generations to come. We know that we're taking it and knowing that people will see this. I love this era of time. Even going back further, like the Merv Griffin show and stuff like that, because none of these people were saying things thinking that people today would be watching it. Yes. They're not, they weren't as precious about it, you know? And this documentary I find is a little similar to that, that Nathan Lane and and Jerry Zachs and they're really, this camera is witnessing what's, there's nothing set up about it. Even if there are some setups in the every little step documentary, you know, like them receiving the news, they got the part. There's no, I don't get the sense of that at all. I get the sense that like Faith Prince is talking about her process and how she came up with some of this stuff and Jerry Zachs is doing his thing where he like literally is spoon feeding them the light readings because he's known for that like go up on the end of the line you know and 
and you see him talking with them. You get an insight. Actors never really, unless it's a talkback and they talk too much, they don't really talk about their process. <laughs> I can't stand talkbacks for that reason. I hate talkbacks. I hate talkbacks. Talk I avoid them. I think they're great for the audience, but as an actor, to hear oh, other, I, I am oh. like, oh my God, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Nobody cares. <laughs> Especially when the performance like, was bad. Yes. Was, and they're yeah, like, they well, I'm, I'm, and they go through their whole process and it's really like, no, the audience just wants to know how you memorized all of those lines. So, <laughs> I mean, seriously. But th- this, this documentary off the record it of Guys and Dolls 1992 cast recording sessions uh, you really see the acting and the directing and all of that so like I said you can cheat a little bit and you can look at some of the YouTube clips that exist online if you wish to do that again I I'm not a proponent of not paying for things, but in our business, sometimes you have to cheat a little bit. And I'm so I want to say, go buy the DVD off the record of the great performance PBS um, d- uh, this documentary. However, however, <laughs> you can cheat, and you can type in "sue me," Nathan Lane, Faith Prince, um, and you will see. It starts out with Faith Prince sitting like in like a waiting area talking about how she's gonna how she plays the part. And she's you're gonna see Adelaide's Lament. She's talking about Adelaide's Lament. Um, and you see Jerry Zachs coming in and directing her and telling her to, like I said, go up online, giving her actual like real direction for this studio recording. Then you see her in the studio with Nathan Lane um, uh, doing Sumi. Um, and you get to see them. Uh, I guess what I'm amazed about is if you ever listen to a cast recording and think, oh, are they acting or are they just yeah. looking at the music? You see you see pictures of people with like the headphone yes, half on, yes. like Mariah Carey. Well, they are giving you full acting, full beats, full, and, and Sumi, which you could easily say is it's just a throwaway number. It's just a comedic thing. I know, I know, I know. It's like this this little fluffy thing for 1950. They are treating it like it's angels in America. They are treating it like it is, and that's why it pops and it lifts off the table, and it proves to me, young singers and old, that you treat that old material as if it were written today, and you don't wink at it, and you don't like make fun of it, but you act, if you if you honor it and sing it in the way it's meant to be sung, and yes, it's a frothy little thing, but if you put the circumstances are real, that she's like, what she's really, she's like, it's life and death thing here, you know, yeah. she's like, marry me, come on, and he's like, I know, I just, and so you, you get this in the video, you, you see them, what you hear all the time in that cast recording, and you actually see it, uh, and it's, it's thrilling, it's absolutely thrilling. Um, a couple other things to check out, um, also, very interesting. They they go they cut away. So there's lots of cutaways. So they'll they'll be singing in the studio and then they cut away to them like interviewing them a little bit. Mm. And <laughs> Faith Prince is like, she, you can tell that she and Nathan Lane were not the best of friends during this. And yet their chemistry is good. Like, but she I the interview the no literally she's like, well, <laughs> she's they were interviewing. I don't know what the question they asked, but she's kind of like, well, it's really funny. Nathan and I we don't even socialize that much off stage. We don't talk to each other really off stage. But then, so you get the sense that they don't really. So you kind of. They don't talk to each other. They, they get done with one of the sessions and she kind of comes over to Nathan to be because they were singing opposite each other and they've got great chemistry while they're singing to each other. She kind of pats him on the back, fully ignores her. He's fully ignoring her. <laughs> and then she comes up to him again. Then he kind of, she hugs him and gives him a cheek, kiss on the cheek. And he kind of is like, yeah, hugs her and then moves on, wants to talk to other people. So you get a sense of that. And yet when, the, when they're singing though, they're, they're duet, it's spot on they're with each other in that oh. but I I just want you to just look out for I'll that little that little moment where she's like we don't socialize all that much and I okay so I heard the opposite did you ever hear that story about Vicky from Vicky Clark no so apparently so Vicky was uh, Nate uh, Faith Prince is understudy yeah 
And he, she said that when she had to go on, she was like, it was like daggers going through her. She's like, she goes, because he loved Faith so much. Okay. So. Oh, hey, well, uh, who, who knows? knows? Well, you never know, because it, it could be one of those things where they, they enjoyed each other on stage, but they just really didn't yeah. have anything to, they didn't have anything to relate to off stage. Like, who like knows? you and I. I would love, <laughs> friendship only exists when we're rolling. Um, another, just really quickly, friends, uh, another clip that I think is really, oh, no, actually, at the end of this. this oh. Sue me really quickly. I'm so sorry. Yeah. There's also a great one of them on the Johnny Carson show doing Sue me in costume. Uh, I would love to see that. We'll have to post that as well. Also, interestingly enough, because this is uh, two of our most recent guests uh, for our, our interview series, uh, Michael Starobin mm. and Seymour Red Press, mm. the famous uh, music coordinator who, uh, in this clip, which is so awesome, uh, so Michael Starobin did the orchestrations uh, for this 92 thing. You see him and his uh, kind of like balding in the top, like hair fro yes, out the sides, yes, so fro. awesome. Uh, and uh, you see him working on the orchestrations. And then during my time of day, an- another clip that you can go to, my time of day with uh, uh, Peter Gallagher, obviously. Mm. Um, and you hear hear him, you know, rehearsing the melody, trying to get it just right before he does it. But they they do a full like two minute cut to to Red Press. This this legendary not only coordinator for a music contractor, but woodwind player and you see him playing the saxophone during this this my time of day lick it is peter gallagher doesn't even he doesn't enter singing because he's so he's like i'm so moved by this by his playing it's so stunning Mm. and so and peter it's so cool that peter gallagher is taking time to recognize this instrumentalist who is so special and that the camera stays on red the oh, whole time. I gotta see that. It's real, especially because we, I, I was like watching, thinking, oh my God, we just literally talked to him now 20 some years later and yeah. he's like 94, but he was in his 60s or 70s in Jeez. this thing. So I, I think it's, uh, I think it's really, really special. I think it's, I think this is a, a special documentary because you get an inside look on what it is to make a cast recording without the drama that the company one had, because we all know the stretch stuff. Yes. We all know that part of it. And it doesn't, it's not as artistic as the Penny Baker, but it, it, it is a, a, a unfiltered snapshot yeah. of this recording process, which hasn't changed that much. Like we still get put into a, a room, the or- orchestra is separated. It's not like the old days where you get thrown to church and we all make the music together. You see what it's like to record. You see how they, they fine tune every single little thing. And I think it's great for students to learn um, the process and what it takes to capture the cast album. That's really marvelous. They also yeah. did one for the producers, right? On I PBS. have not seen that one. Oh, that's a good one. It's okay. funny. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, imagine. Because it's, yeah. it's like Mel Brooks running yeah. around doing stand-up. Right. Because he isn't going to be writing the music down because he mm. doesn't read or write music. So, But he's very open about that. Oh, no, yeah. doesn't Glenn Kelly and uh, Doug Bester, I mean, he gives them all the credit and he, he you know, it's he definitely gives it. But it's he, the man sang into a tape recording and they filled it out. Mel Brooks was just on the David Susskind <laughs> show last week. He's way too famous for the Catskills. It'd be like, Mel Brooks's first assistant's going to be here tonight. You all know the hit comedian Mel Brooks? Well, so does our new comic, Stevie. <laughs> they shared an elevator together at Junior's. And Jackie Mason wouldn't give up his table by the window. <laughs> Who I always see outside of this building. We record friends at Shuttler Studios, and I feel like every, once a month I see Jackie Mason out by the Applejack Diner. Always at an empty table. Always at an empty table. He'd be table. a great Marius. Empty St- chairs at empty tables. Stop it. Stop it. What's your favorite thing? I, I thought it was Jackie Mason singing Les Mis. <laughs> oh, my friends, my friends, forgive me. 
That's good. <laughs> is this what the sacrifice was for? You know, one of my favorite movies as a child. Now, this is embarrassing. It's almost as embarrassing as me liking Caddyshack 2. I'm the same. I love you so much, Robert Schneider. You know that Jackie- I oh, love Caddyshack 2. It is probably one of the worst movies. Mr. Jones. You- He's like, what's a Fonzanoom? A Fonzanoom. You know, it's a Fonzanoom. Like- Fonzanoom is when you fall in the bathtub and you bite the bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> That's it. Oh, and Randy Quaid, who goes crazy as the lawyer, who is, probably was just acting normal that day. Yes. <laughs> they're like, here, Randy, just here's turn a on bat. The camera. <laughs> now go. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot believe we just talked about Caddyshack, um, too. Oh. <laughs> it's Chevy Chase. Uh, Mr. Arturian. So let me get this straight. You pull. I suck. No, I pull. You suck. He's got hit in the butt. And the great Jonathan Silverman. Robert Stack. Robert Robert Stack. So do you know... That, this is a true story. This happened apparently at the Carnegie Deli. So Jackie Mason was at the Carnegie Deli. Of course. Uh, and Rodney Dangerfield walked in. No, no. This sounds like the start of a joke. And they hadn't met each other before. And Rodney Dangerfield went up to him and said, look, it's a little guy who stole my part. Because Rodney Dangerfield was in the first Caddyshack, <sighs> right. asked for too much money for Caddyshack, too. And they're like, fine, we'll get Jackie Mason. So Jackie Mason said, well, they didn't steal a part. They offered me a role. You turned it down? <laughs> and apparently... Rodney Dangerfield punched Jackie Mason, and they had to throw them both out of the restaurant. They got into a fist fight at the Carnegie right. Deli. I'm going to go on record now and say that your Jackie Mason is one of my favorite impersonations you've ever done. What? Do you like something I did? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. I was good. This, is, this is a blessing? This is a mitzvah? I still want your favorite thing, but I, I, I really love the oh. Jackie Mason. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I worked on that yeah, one. That was nice. Thank you. If you can do a good Jackie Mason, you can come sit next to me. Okay. Uh, or sit next to Jackie Mason at the Apple I bet Diner. he played the Catskills, though. Oh, yeah. Do you know he was a rabbi before he became a comedian? Really? Yeah, he was oh, a rabbi gosh. before he wow. became a comedian. Huh. He's had such an interesting life. I know we he all kept, laugh well, now, but... But he kept... Remember when we came to New York in the aughts? Like, he was still pumping out shows, put on Broadway. He would do, like, those little, like... Probably well, for the Catskill crowd, yeah. but like you know, the people that like the we used to go to, to me and love thy neighbor. It'd be no, like, is that no, it'd be like yeah. a one month run at the you know the Long Acre, and oh, he'd yeah. do like one little show with like a couple chorus girls, and, and he'd that pack was them it. in. Yeah. Oh, that Catskill crowd retired and still lives here. Oh, he was so fun. Oh, I saw him live once um, at a theater in L.A. and was a big theater, um, and someone from the balcony yelled, "Speak up!" And he's like, "You should have bought better seats." <laughs> That's good. It's like, good for you. Um, Yeah, really fascinating. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, oh, so mine. This is interesting. I've never done this before, but I was so inspired by the NT Live uh, broadcast episode. The National yeah, Theater, yeah. That we talked about last week. Um, I'm going to give you, it's weird. It's three separate books 
oh. that are not at all connected um, in terms of publication, but all have the same three thing in common. Oh. And that's the, the three things are the National Theater. Um, the books are Lawrence Olivier's autobiography, Confessions of an Actor. Uh, oh, no, sorry. It's four books. It's a four-book series. And you'll figure out what they have in common in a second. It's Laurence Olivier's Confessions of an Actor, uh, Peter Hall's Diaries, The Stories of a Dramatic Battle, a book called National Service by Richard Eyre, and a book called Balancing Act by Nicholas Heitner. Now, you might think to yourself, why what do these four books didn't have in common? All four of these men were artistic directors yeah. of the National. Right. Um, and while Olivier mentions it in his autobiography briefly, Peter Hall's Richard Eyre and Nicholas Heitner's are all about their time at the National. Peter Hall and Richard Eyre actually kept a diary. Okay. That was like, on this day we did this, I saw a rehearsal for this, it's not very good. Who's this new actor, Michael Gambon, question mark. Uh, boy, Judy Dench really can't master this scene. Um, and uh, uh, Nicholas Heitner, uh, who was the most recent artistic director of the National Theater, um, his is not a diary, but an autobiography about his time and... Uh, we don't have anything like the National Theater. And it really disappoints me that we don't have um, Lincoln Center. Like, 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 If you go to the National Theater in London, you have three wonderful spaces, all in this amazing complex with these shows that run forever, you know, eight, nine-month-long runs of and shows. It's, and, and I will say, uh, much kind of like Lincoln Center, they, yeah. I think they try this a little bit, but it's a public space, too. It's like people, space. not even just theater goers. Like when I was in London, we hung out in, in that public space, and there's those tables. I mean, you 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 congregate there to to hang out. To yeah, to it's an arts space. It's an arts space, and the community is so actively involved. Like picking a new artistic director at the National makes front page news over there, wow. and people argue and viciously debate who should get this position. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have that here, and I wish we did. And I know when we interviewed Michael Riedel, he was he does not want a national theater. He doesn't want to, the arts to be... Uh, Dependent upon. And have to report to the government in order to get their funding. I get that. I mean, I get that, but, you know... You've got to have no strings. Then you, There's got to be a way to do it that you can yeah, have and, subsidized theater like most countries do. Um, and I think the national does it really well. So I think what's so fascinating is as you read these four men's autobiographies and talking about what does it take to run a theater that's responsible not just to its audience, but to the people and citizens of the country that they inhabit. Right. And how do you and what sort of plays do you do to reflect what the country is going through. Um, so anyway, I just find it all really, really fascinating. And I think it, I love reading diaries. Oh. I don't keep, do you keep a diary? No. Or I a journal? Don't, I don't I, either. I, don't, I only, I've done it when I was younger and I traveled. And I'm so thankful I did because you, oh, smart. you don't realize that you, when you read your own words from back then, you do get right back into that mindset again. Although you can't, you can't get there without those words. So I get the, I get why people, did you know? I yeah. wish I did. I was just you're talking about this right now, and I was thinking to myself, Well, if I ever was a part of a production that I thought maybe this will be like I should have done it during Rebecca, you know, I should have really kept notes and kept track. Of oh my stuff, god, you know? absolutely! But so, no, I do, I do not. But I, I too love reading other people's yeah. when diaries. We, when I did uh, <laughs> vanities at second stage, yeah, because uh, it, was, it was my internship for school, I had to keep a diary. I, I have you gone back and looked at it? Yeah, yeah, and um, my observations, I think, were pretty accurate. Yeah, no, but, but you never know. That could come in handy someday, you know? You never you, know. When someone's like, oh, well, does anyone know anything about this vanities thing that happened? I do. Yeah. I can tell you everything that happened. I'm the expert. Um, but I think it's so fascinating that the, in, in all their busyness, they took time to actually spend a couple moments at the end of the day and write down their thoughts and observations. But it's also chronicling 
the the movement of drama and them, you know, going, I wonder if this thing Warhorse is going to be any good. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Richard Ayer's f- fantastic work at the National. And so much of Richard Ayer's work at the National transferred here in the 90s. Remember Dude, all yeah. that stuff? So anyway, it's um, th- those are the, my suggestion because I think it's absolutely fascinating to look and see how a theater is run and operated and in a totally candid unfiltered review. In fact, Peter Hall's diaries were so controversial, they made the number three on the bestseller list and it ended his relationship with Harold Pinter. They had a really close relationship and Harold Pinter was like, after what you write, I can't be your friend anymore. And the associate artistic directors at the National at the time were like, Michael Blakemore, and I forget the other person, they were like, we can't look Peter in the eye anymore. Because it was that Ooh. Open and that candid. I like when it's when you feel like it's all the good stuff hasn't been taken out. Yeah, you know, Richard Ayers is really fascinating because a lot of it discusses the works that he did because he's a director, you know, as well, mm-hmm. and, and and his collaborations. But Developed, he brought things in yeah. like um, Arcadia yeah. and the Tom, all the Tom Stoppard mm. stuff, um, and the Madness of King George, which was brought over oh, here. Yeah. Nicholas Heitner's, which I just read, which is called Balancing Acts is marvelous because I think Nicholas Heitner was the most influential artistic director of the National Theater because he was the one who introduced uh, 10-pound tickets. Mm. He, made, he made a collaboration with Travelex, mm-hmm. and they gave away th- thousands upon thousands of 10-pound tickets for young people to come and see the theater. Brilliant. People that would not have come to the theater before were now allowed to mm-hmm. come into the theater. And he was the one who helped uh, Spearhead NT mm-hmm. Live. That's fan- I'm so glad. And, yeah, oh, what shows did he direct? Oh, yeah. Not and this is separate. This from is Nick him. Heitner. Yeah, not only yeah. did he bring uh, these shows to America, he also directed them as well. The '94 Carousel. Mm-hmm. Um, he shepherded War Horse. Mm-hmm. Sweet Smell of Success. He directed Miss Saigon too. Miss Saigon, the earliest. I mean, that the was History like, Boys. Yeah, One Man, Two Governors. I mean, his center stage, the movie, one of his only stage. movies. He talks about what it's like I making have movies. To say that I, I've he, always been a favorite of mine. He talks a lot about what it's like making movies. That so, was a favorite thing. So yeah, it was so. If you want, read Balancing Acts yeah, because okay. it, it, he's the most recent of ours. But I would encourage you to buy all four of these books because I think it's so fascinating to see these great minds discuss. How do you marry art and commerce? How do you? Not many people right. do that. Right. Who in our country? Hal Prince. Who create? You know what I mean? Who created? Yeah, but no, I mean I, I don't even. But then Hal so, Prince was he a does who, big. He he still is in it for the. Commercially, you know, yeah, he creates art, great art by a byproduct, and I would argue that he probably would argue that, of course, he's always trying to create great art. But these guys do stuff that, like, it's like the public theater. I think is the closest we yes, have. Yes, yes, you know, the, but yet they would not be where they are I if th- they didn't have a chorus line yeah. be such a big commercial hit. Exactly. So it's so nice now they got all this money, but it's like so they can afford. But they never lost sight of that that Joe Pap vision of like never selling out to the to the yeah. white way, even though they have to in order to make money sometimes. But, I, but they oh give yeah. us Carolina Change, you oh know, yeah, that they know it's not going to be a hit. But also, what I'm thinking is all these great actors that we have in our country that don't do. That that's the I think that's the difference that we miss because at the national you can get mm-hmm. Judy Dench in there for like four months totally. doing Troilus and Cressida yeah. or whatever um, and we can't I mean everything here is limited run now right I mean where because oh well they've got a movie they've got a TV right. show well, we get got Denzel this, Washington the, for a couple minutes and yeah you get De- like, congratulations you yeah. get Denzel Washington for right. like you know three weeks and yeah. no, we right. move on with our lives yeah um, so I I wish there was a home and it's right I mean the, our country Bam. is. A little bit, but that's and not we're really so a... spread out. I mean, there's lots of reasons why it doesn't happen. Yes. I just wish that there was a, a repository, a home a where we could do 
you know, young actors could learn their craft from bigger actors and then become those big actors themselves at some point. But I think these four books are really great looks into how a theater operates, Mm -hmm. how does a theater stay responsible to its uh, financial investments and to its producers and to its government and to its people, and also create great art. Yeah. So anyway, I think the so once again the books are uh, Lawrence Olivier's Confessions of an Actor. He was our first artistic director of the National. Uh, Peter Hall's Diaries: The Story of a Dramatic Battle. Uh, Richard Ayer's National Service and uh, Nicholas Heitner's Balancing Acts. Also, Trevor Nunn was an artistic director of the National, but yes, no book, no book yet. And the current one is Rufus Norris, but Nicholas Heitner's uh, Balancing Acts is great. Excellent. He also has great observations on musical theater because mm-hmm. of his Carousel he's and Sweet Smell yeah. Success. Oh, yeah. He's got some really really great things to talk that's about. Nice. So that's a Appealing to those of us that like the musicals. <laughs> the musical. He met his husband, I think, doing Carousel. Well, that's special. I think so. Mm. I think so. Well, thank you. I like that. Nice. De, de nada, mi amigo. <laughs> de nada. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, and mine is uh, Guys and Dolls, the documentary of the cast recording session called Off the Record. And don't forget, Off the Record will be in the Aqua Velvet Room at <laughs> 2 o'clock tomorrow. I also sing Empty Chairs and Empty Tables. <laughs> Oh, my friends, my friends, forgive me. What was your sacrifice for? Empty chairs and empty tables. My friends, sing no more. <laughs> Thank you. There was a little B. Arthur, too, at the end. Oh, well, he doesn't sustain notes yeah, either. No, okay. so there you go. Yeah. But I'm so, also, really quickly, I'm happy that we love Caddyshack, too. I am, too. I really was shocked that you knew that. I was obsessed with Caddyshack, I'm usually, too. like, the only person who knows it. I own it. I know, like, every word from it. I, I loved that D- movie. Dare I say that Caddyshack 2, to me, is superior to the no. first Caddyshack. Done. Hands down, in my book. I know that might upset a lot of that people. Is, like, messed up. Although Caddyshack 1 has one of my favorite lines, which is a little racially insensitive, so I can't share it with you on air, but I'll tell you off air, because okay. it makes me laugh. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.